You're listening to Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. On this edition, the director of a local nonprofit service provider shares his experience getting his staff vaccinated against the coronavirus. Typically, the person who can field some or most of the questions is not the person that actually receives the lists of the eligible staff. And then the people who actually make the vaccine appointments are yet another cohort of different DPH staffs. And then there are essential workers that are funded through the Department of Public Health. And there are essential workers who are funded primarily through other city departments. There's an additional layer of conflicting information and confusion. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Civic. Civic is underwritten in part by the San Francisco Foundation, which has been acting as a catalyst for change to build strong communities, foster civic leadership, and promote philanthropy in the San Francisco Bay Area since 1948. More at sff.org. Hospitality House, a nonprofit community center providing a variety of services to people experiencing poverty and homelessness, has continued its work since the coronavirus pandemic hit San Francisco. That means its staff have been on the job in facilities like drop-in centers working with the public in person. As I learned from this conversation with Executive Director Joe Wilson, the kind of work his staff members were doing didn't on its own make it easy to determine who among them would be eligible for a vaccine and how to get it. I reached out to the city's Department of Emergency Management to see if someone might be available for an interview to talk at length about the vaccine rollout and eligibility, and no one was made available. The department's COVID command center did send a statement in response to a few points raised here, which you'll hear at the end of the segment. First, here's my conversation with Joe Wilson from Hospitality House. My first question is, what do you know about when the vaccine will reach your staff and your clients, if anything? Because I, I actually don't know, and I don't know if you're classified as healthcare workers who are the, the primary prioritized group as far as I know right now. Well, we, uh, what we think we know about uh, uh, when the vaccine will reach our staff, we are being classified as healthcare workers, essential workers included in Tier uh, 1A. Uh, the rollout slash access has been mixed for a number of providers, including ourselves, a number of our staff have been uh, vaccinated, at least uh, received uh, the first of the two scheduled vaccinations. It's uh, anyone's guess uh, when that process is going to be completed, even though our experience thus far hasn't been the worst. Um, It certainly hasn't been the best, and there are a number of providers who continue to get conflicting information from multiple city departments, as well as the uh, lead agency, Department of Public Health. There's a lot to unpack there. So some of your staff have been vaccinated. I assume these are people who work directly with the public on a daily basis. They're frontline workers. Correct. So how was that decided? Where did they go to get vaccinated? Uh, They go to San Francisco General. Additional information is that staff who do have health insurance, particularly through uh, Kaiser, are encouraged to use uh, Kaiser 
as availability of uh, vaccines. And that has been additionally problematic for a number of our staff in that either appointments uh, have not been made available. The eligibility for the vaccine has been uh, questioned by the uh, health provider. Um, And so we have actually encouraged uh, our staff to utilize the Department of Public Health San Francisco General for obtaining their vaccines. So not all of your staff members are under the same health insurance provider? That's correct. There are a number who have chosen uh, Dignity Health, and we allow for those options. And, um, you know, we certainly uh, welcome the opportunity for, you know, Kaiser to provide the uh, uh, the vaccines, but uh, that hit, we've gotten mixed <laughs> results uh, from that. And it has been difficult getting consistent, clear guidelines from the Department of Public Health. Well, this is where things get very confusing for me. So the Board of Supervisors recently held a hearing um, with members of the Department of Public Health, as well as with representatives from these various healthcare providers, including Kaiser. And they laid out, well, here's who's eligible. Here's how you make an appointment. Um, here's the plan. When when you have questions about the eligibility of a staff member or when a staff member individually has questions about their own eligibility, who do they ask? Uh, generally speaking, when we have questions about eligibility, we direct those to the Department of Public Health. There are several staff who are responsible for fielding those questions. In fairness, this has been a monumental undertaking yeah. for the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, so want to stipulate that. Yes. The challenge on the community side is the absence of, you know, clear information, you know, who to go to, uh, to get the questions answered. Typically, the person who can field some or most of the questions is not the person that actually receives the lists of the eligible staff. And then the people who actually make the vaccine appointments are yet another cohort of different DPH staff. So you have several layers to contend with. And then there are essential workers that are funded primarily through the Department of Public Health. And there are essential workers who are funded primarily through other city departments. And therein, there's an additional layer of conflicting information and confusion. Oh, dear. So uh, when you say there are essential workers who are primarily funded by these two different agencies within your organization or generally within the city? Uh, Both within our our organization and generally within the city. Wow. So they have different requirements. So we are one of the providers who are staffing a shelter in place hotel. Uh, Yes. That funding is exclusively through the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing even though there is assistance and additional support provided provided by Department of Public Health, those staff are not funded through the Department of Public Health. We have others in the organization. We also operate two behavioral health drop-in centers uh, and a community building program that's designed to help folks maintain their housing once they secure it. Those staff you know, are funded through a different funding source, in this case, Department of Public Health, and therein lies a lot of the confusion and conflicting information. 
Could you give an example of some conflicting information on vaccine eligibility that you've gotten from the two departments? One example is who will make the determination for the eligibility of non-DPH funded staff. We forwarded the our entire staff list to the Department of Public Health. At some point, there is an additional conversation between the Department of Public Health and someone else. We assume it would be the director of the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Those staff are still in limbo, although a handful have received uh, what are called invitations uh, for vaccination. Mm. But we are still waiting on notification for the majority of the staff in the shelter-in-place hotels. I believe that experience has been replicated throughout the homelessness response system. We also get conflicting information about who provides both advocacy and uh, interference, say, with Kaiser. So we have staff people who've chosen Kaiser as a healthcare provider. If they receive information from Kaiser that says they're not eligible for the vaccine, even though the city and county has made that determination that they indeed are, that's a problem. Yes. And so you don't know who to go to when you have those two conflicting determinations because it's not clear who would who would advocate for you. Correct. Wow. Let's go back to one other thing that struck me. Um, staff then go to San Francisco General Hospital. Uh, why and how? And how did they end up getting the vaccine there? You have to make it out to San Francisco General. Uh, you receive directions you know, in your appointment verification from the Department of Public Health. So in my case, I received uh, an appointment verification. I showed up on a particular day, a particular time, particular place, Building 5 at San Francisco General. For the most part, (laughs) it was, uh, I I managed to navigate uh, with my, uh, you know, GPS system to find uh, uh, Building 5. But, uh, you know, once there, that part of the process is relatively seamless. It's just all that happens or transpires before that point is the challenge. Yeah. So how did you end up getting sent to SF General uh, rather than to your healthcare provider? This is recent information regarding um, uh, communicating first with our healthcare provider. And so that's another point of confusion. Because the initial information we got, okay, these workers are essential workers being classified as healthcare workers. They are eligible for the vaccine here in the city, county of San Francisco. That was the first information that we got. Mm. Uh, Subsequent to that, a couple of weeks later, we were informed that folks should uh, opt for uh, communicating more directly with their healthcare provider. Uh, rather than uh, communicating with the Department of Public Health first. So we have folks who were included on our original list that we um, forwarded to the Department of Public Health based on the instructions we had received at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Subsequent to that, we've received additional information, which is not exactly consistent with the first set of instructions. So I've made the determination as the ED, uh, I'll go with the first thing I was told. 
The first thing I was told, you know, uh, submit the list of eligible staff to the Department of Public Health. You you will receive communication directly from the Department of Public Health regarding uh, setting up your appointment for the vaccine. That's how we're operating. Okay. (laughs) You've said that this was not the best that it could go. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, When do you get to the good part? Yeah. So let's do that. Can you say more about what you mean by that? If there's more to say than what you already have explained? (laughs) Well, I think the good news is, uh, (laughs) yeah, what's the good news? Well, you know, some people, Actually, at this point, I would guesstimate uh, somewhere, um, you know, just north of uh, 50% of our staff have been vaccinated, or at least the first of uh, two scheduled vaccinations. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah. I think that the continuing discussion about what about the broader population of folks experiencing homelessness on the street. What about them? Yeah. That's been a good thing. Generally speaking, you know, I have to acknowledge that Department of Public Health staff have been responsive to queries, questions, and requests for additional information. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that. Yeah. Again, the challenge is it's it continues to be unclear who the decider is, right? It's mm-hmm. like, and frankly, it ought to be our county health department. That sh- they should be the decider, but that has not, that hasn't often been the case. Yeah. Did you hear any changes or did, did one of the, was one of the points where you started receiving conflicting information or changing information when California, uh, when the governor changed the timeline or, or criteria for vaccine eligibility? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, theoretically a good thing to expand you know, the base of the pyramid. Um, but, you know, those instructions, uh, clarifications and uh, decision making processes have to be as clear as possible uh, to the folks on the ground making the determinations. Yeah. And it hasn't been that has not been our experience. I'm speaking with Joe Wilson, director of Hospitality House, a nonprofit community center serving people experiencing poverty and homelessness in San Francisco. What have you heard when it comes to the question of when people who are experiencing homelessness will be eligible for vaccination? We actually haven't heard much other than that's the goal. (laughs) Um, And beyond that, we don't know you know when that's going to happen we do know that you know plans are for uh, mass vaccination sites one or two have already been chosen but that also you know depends on the supply of vaccines the infrastructure required to um to actually get you know shots in people's arms i think ultimately you know, we have to grapple with this is, you know, just amplified the effects of dismantling our public health infrastructure at the local, state and federal level. Uh, There can be no overestimating uh, the effects of that. 
uh, particularly in communities where structural health disparities have existed for quite some time with, frankly, fatal results um, prior to the pandemic. And this COVID crisis has merely amplified the existing health disparities and the existing inadequacy of our public health infrastructure Um, and probably um, brought in even into more relief with, uh, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield um, now being uh, given responsibility for uh, coordination statewide of vaccine distribution. Um, further shining a light on the inadequacy of our public health infrastructure to handle that task. Well, I definitely want to get your opinion on whether or not you expect that to streamline distribution. But first, could you give some examples of how the local health infrastructure has been dismantled over the years? Well, I think, you know, San Francisco General is probably a case in point in that uh, it is already, you know, one of the hospitals statewide, one of the county public hospitals statewide that has a disproportionate share of uninsured patients. And uh, that can, that's one. The other is uh, the continued challenge of what to do about so-called high users, folks who, for whatever reason, largely due to poverty and homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, are high users of the county public health system. The other is when you add in continued poverty across San Francisco and particularly in communities of color and the high percentage of black and brown folks who are poor, homeless, and shut out of access to adequate health care, all of those factors conspire you know, to make management of this kind of crisis incredibly problematic for an already overburdened uh, health institution. And frankly, when you have, you know, the philosophy at multiple levels, particularly at the federal level, that seemed not that seemed that frankly have conspired um, to defund, to starve uh, needed resources for public health infrastructure across the country, then it's little wonder that we are ill-equipped to deal with a crisis of this magnitude. With that in mind, uh, do you think bringing in Blue Shield, do you find the argument convincing that bringing in Blue Shield, and it sounds like also Kaiser will be participating in this, will streamline the process of getting vaccine doses to providers and counties in California? Possibly. I mean, you always want to remain hopeful. Yeah. Uh, I think that the challenge will be whether or not uh, the involvement of the private sector obscures the, uh, the underlying problem or amplifies it even more, right? I mean, it's like, you know, when we talk about, you know, continuous discussion about flattening the curve of the pandemic. Well, frankly, all that does is lower the the incidence of infection to meet the already inadequate capacity of an overburdened uh, healthcare system. It does nothing to address the issue of needing more resources, right? So uh, you can make the same argument here. Uh, you know, connecting 
with the private sector to provide additional support. If, is that going to mean that uh, we need to increase our level of support for the public health system or merely increase our reliance on the private sector to provide it? I'm going to pivot a little bit and go look at what the federal government is saying about the vaccine. Um, I am seeing a little bit of updates from HUD about the coronavirus vaccine and the most recent guidance that I've seen specifically about the vaccine specifically for homeless service providers is guidance on how to improve confidence in the vaccine among people that they serve. Has that been a problem for you? Uh, it hasn't been a problem for us specifically, although, um, you know, there are people who, you know, typically people of color have good reason to distrust widespread vaccines, you know, folks showing up with needles, you know, experimental approaches to addressing a widespread disease. I mean, there is good reason for folks to be distrustful. I think one of the things that does help is in communities of color using credible spokespeople to address that and to address it honestly. There has been probably more of that, I'm guessing, in San Francisco because of the scale we're talking about than there might be uh, in other places. And so within our organization, you know, we try to deal with it honestly in terms of, you know, we can't guarantee anything. We feel this is our best chance to both protect ourselves and our families from the scourge of this disease. And, you know, I'm a person of color leading an organization. I get to uh, say that, you know, I'm getting vaccinated mm-hmm. and I'm trusting the healthcare system. And I'm encouraging others to do that, although I also say it's a personal decision and I don't try to discourage people from acting on their best instincts while also saying this is both an individual and a collective responsibility. Swinging in the other direction a little bit, um, it sounds like among some groups there has been a bit of, oh, like maybe some <laughs> some eagerness to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible. Mission Local reported recently that office staff, so people working from home as well as young people at one local nonprofit have been getting vaccinated rather than the organization prioritizing only frontline workers. Um from our conversations so far, I get the sense that it's not necessarily up to individual nonprofits, um, especially ones that contract with the city, to determine who's eligible. But do you see a relationship here between that sort of incident and maybe some conflicting messages having been issued from the local government? That's possible. I can't deny that that's possible. Our approach has been, I think we're, we probably give ourselves cover as an organization because the overwhelming majority of our staff have stayed at work, are working on the front lines. We have not uh, closed our programs. Folks who are working in the community, many of them um, having grown up in the communities that we call home, um, have made it. Uh, 
ex, you know, their choice uh, to stay on the job. And so from our perspective, virtually all of our staff are essential frontline workers with direct uh, contact with the public. Mm-hmm. So that's not 100% true, but it is oh, the overall majority of our staff fit that descriptor. I wanted to ask you about something you described earlier, which is uh, the sort of <laughs> lack of clarity about when, or, or lack of really much information or much of a timeline about when people who are experiencing homelessness might be eligible for the vaccine. Um, as a matter of curiosity and perspective, if it were up to you, how would you prioritize that? They have to be among the first on the list um, because that's uh, in effect uh, a petri dish for uh, this disease. So we have to get folks who are the most at risk, who cannot um, um, get themselves to uh, safer housing, which is kind of the parallel or corollary here is getting more people inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we believe that they have to be, um, you know, highest on the list of uh, several priorities. And that means advocating at multiple levels, uh, particularly at the federal level in this case, um, for California, um, you know, home to you know, you know, 12 to 14 percent of the national population, um, you know, to make sure that uh, we have sufficient supply. And, you know, we have to call on our elected officials um, to be taking that argument and that advocacy wherever they need to take it um, to make sure that that happens. Well, I want to thank you for speaking with clarity and authority on all of this. Is there anything you wanted to say that I didn't give you a chance to talk about? Well, I, I mean, definitely, it'd be, you know, there's, you know, overall frustration with, uh, you know, a lot of this. Uh, it has certainly amplified the existing pandemics of poverty and racism um, uh, that uh, have ravaged uh, communities, um, you know, for so long. Yeah. Um, the most recent experience with the Great Recession, where localities that, you know, like San Francisco across the country uh, chose the austerity approach rather than the prosperity approach. Um, And uh, because of that, we helped dismantle our, you know, kind of uh, diminish our own capacity to respond to a crisis such as this. And so we hope that we don't repeat that mistake Um, We need to take the approach that we have to build our way out of this crisis, not cut our way out of it. Um, In my view, I think among others, I mean, the entire city and county of San Francisco should be viewed as one giant field hospital. I mean, you can make that argument nationwide that uh, that's what we should be um, viewing this as and frankly, you know, engage the United States Department of Defense are kind of marshalling all resources of government and all resources of the private sector uh, designed to bring more uh, resources, capacity, and commitment to uh, everyone doing their part. And in some cases, some people like the 45 billionaires in San Francisco doing a little bit more than their part uh, to guide us through this. Joe, thanks so much for your time. 
Thank you, Laura. That was Joe Wilson, Executive Director of Hospitality House. After our interview, I sent a few questions prompted by this conversation to the city's clearinghouse for media requests, the Department of Emergency Management's COVID Command Center. I asked if different departments had different eligibility guidelines for vaccines for service provider staff. I also asked to confirm whether Kaiser, which on its own is providing vaccines to members, has ever determined eligibility differently from the city, and if so, who would communicate that discrepancy to Kaiser? In short, the COVID Command Center's response was that eligibility is determined by the state. In the case of health workers, they said the majority are being vaccinated by their employer, which could be Kaiser, CPMC, UCSF, or the city and county of San Francisco itself. The statement said it's up to employers to invite eligible staff members to be vaccinated based on the state's prioritization plan. Here's their statement in full, attributed only to the COVID Command Center. Quote, Eligibility to receive a COVID-19 vaccine is based on the state prioritization plan, which San Francisco must follow. These guidelines are necessary because the supply of COVID-19 vaccine is so limited. San Francisco stands ready to vaccinate as many people as possible, as quickly, safely, and equitably as possible. We have the capacity to vaccinate as many as 10,000 people per day, but right now we do not have enough vaccine to do that. The first phase, defined by the state as Phase 1A, prioritizes people 65 and older and those workers in healthcare settings most likely to be exposed to the virus or transmit the virus. In San Francisco, that is more than 80,000 healthcare workers, including doctors and nurses, technicians, environmental service and nutrition services workers, EMTs, paramedics, and many others. The majority are being vaccinated by their employer, whether it be Kaiser, CPMC, UCSF, or the city and county of San Francisco. It is up to employers to invite eligible staff members to be vaccinated based on the state's prioritization plan. In all, more than 210,000 people in San Francisco are eligible for a vaccine in the first phase. For information about the number of people vaccinated in San Francisco so far, please see the city's COVID-19 data dashboard, end quote. I'll note that the state currently says it's vaccinating in phase 1B, tier 1. I followed up with the command center about this and have not heard back as of this taping. You can see the city's COVID-19 data dashboard for yourself at data.sfgov.org. I'm Laura Wenis, and you've been listening to Civic. Civic is underwritten in part by the San Francisco Foundation, which has been acting as a catalyst for change to build strong communities, foster civic leadership, and promote philanthropy in the San Francisco Bay Area since 1948. More at sff.org.